I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 274. It is July 30, 2021. I'm Ethan. I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things that we can't talk about on the first and the only wrestling podcast. Still, after all this time, well... Some weeks I wish we there was a second one, because then it wouldn't just fall to us to talk about all of this. But heavy is the head, as they say. Yes, that's right. All right, let's catch up on everything that we've not caught up on since we recorded a week ago here. Over the weekend... This past weekend, there was a GCW show where the king of hardcore, Matt Cardona, wrestled <laughs> Nick Gage, who is quite the lightning rod this week. He also made him into EW Dynamite this week. What do you think of GCW? I did not see the show. I saw the aftermath of the show. People throwing garbage at Zack Ryder. Uh, sorry, Matt Cardona. It's not my scene. What did you think of it? Yeah, so this was the first GCW show I ever bought. Uh, it, I bought it to see that main event. Um, I think for the novelty of, I've, I think I've talked about it on the show before, I was a, the height of Zack Ryder's WWE run was like also the height of my WWE fandom. Like it intertwines with that summer of punk. Sure. So like, so Zack Ryder and, and plus the the toy podcast, as I've talked about, I'm a, I'm a fan of his toy podcast with Brian Myers. So and just beyond all of that, like, I think if it was The Miz, I would have bought the show. Like, the idea of just this, like, WWE lifer guy who really didn't work indies for very long before he was signed and then worked there for 12 years or whatever, going into a match suddenly with glass and light tubes and barbed wire and whatever. It's just like, I think I have to see that. <laughs> and, and they did a great angle to set that up. Uh, the show as a whole pretty good like there's a good variety of styles on that show um there were three sort of hardcore matches including the main event but all of them kind of had their own unique story there was a really fun opener with uh marco stunt and and Starboy charlie who's this 18 year old kid skin and bones but is very very talented um so yeah there's a there's so even though it's like the main event and the garbage wrestling of it, all the death matches are probably what everyone was talking about. Like there was actually some good traditional wrestling on this show as well. And, uh, and uh, so it was a fun show overall, but yes, the main event was uh, Matt Cardona after a bunch of interference won the GCW heavyweight championship. Uh, the most hated man you like, not since John Cena at ECW one night stand have I seen have I seen a crowd so like just hate a guy <laughs> just hate a guy like this and they expressed their hatred when he won the belt by throwing various things including mostly empty water bottles but also like full unopened beer cans someone threw a pizza cutter like it was a it was a wild scene and, uh, you know, he bled a lot and he, it was a full, it was the full Nick Gage death match experience from what I'm told. So it was a, it was a wild scene. And uh, to me, it makes sense. And it's something, and I know not every indie promotion has the money to 
fly a guy in to just do an angle and then bring him in for a match, have him win your belt and then have the money to bring him back, you know, another in a month or two to drop the belt to somebody else. Not every indie can do that, but Hey, like, like it's kind of cool when indie promotions have like a hot angle going. It's, it's right. fun to see that because, you know, everything, even up to like an impact or ROH level has like a bare minimum level of television prop polish to it. So just seeing like a hot old school indie wrestling angle and a hot crowd and a big match. It was like, that was a really cool experience. And it feels totally different to anything you're going to see on like us wrestling television. Well, that's good times. I like that. Uh, they can, uh, they still get to use a lot of AEW talent. Uh, didn't Penelope work on the show? My friend Penelope work on that show. Yes. I think she worked the Sunday show. They did a oh, okay. homecoming parts one and two. So she worked ah. a, believe she worked night two uh and uh yeah i think there was a couple other a uh, couple other folks at least made appearances on the show um joey janela obviously i think i think did commentary on night two and and still wrestles there occasionally so yeah there's still uh still still definitely i don't know what the rules are for aew talent i think maybe now the rule is as long as it's not a show run by joey ryan uh you're allowed yeah. to work indies <laughs> But, sure seems sure seems that way <laughs> but uh yeah that's yeah it, it is good that they're they're still able to kind of go back and help out their home promotions as it were sure well that's interesting <laughs> the internet and uh um dave Meltzer lost their minds at the throwing the junk at cardona thing is that a total turnoff for you or what i mean i'm i'm not gonna advocate for people throwing stuff like i think that's weird i think touching wrestlers when they're standing next next to the ring is there but they also to an extent like there's no guardrails at the show they sort of cultivate like when the guys are making their entrances like a mosh pit style entrance like everybody's running up and hugging and high-fiving and like it's it's very close-knit so like they they sort of they're clearly like cultivating that sort of very hardcore reaction it was it was it was an incredible entrance that Nick Gage made too. Like it was like, it was like peak ECW Sandman. Like it was just unbelievable. It took him forever to get to the ring because so many people were running up to try to like give him a high five or whatever. But the, the side effect of cultivating that I think is they, they, they felt like, Hey, we're a character on the show and the bad guy beat our, our hero so let's do what wrestling crowds are supposed to do when the bad guy wins, which is throw stuff. Maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm psychoanalyzing more than I should here, but that's sort of the impression I get. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating. I don't agree that you can throw stuff. Uh, Callisto got a water bottle thrown at him a couple of years ago and like completely split his lip. It was very, very bad. People have had serious injuries of people throwing stuff. So I'm not saying it's good to do it, but I think that is part of like, that experience is the the fans feel like they're part of the show right i'm I'm pretty much cool with everything except like batteries or full beers yeah yeah that's maybe <laughs> yeah I, like i don't yeah I, I think a lot a lot of it was empty water bottles and stuff and and you know <laughs> you know wrappers and stuff from right from concession stand yeah i'm not i'm not too concerned with that it's yeah it's the i don't i don't think anyone's advocating for people throwing through people throwing full beers though like that correct i agree right uh kidoki 
Well, WWE is back. The World Wrestling Entertainment is back, everyone. And boy, are they back. A lot of... Took us like one full week, not even, <laughs> to get back to peak WWE, where we have booking for heat and all the heels going over and all the baby faces look stupid and just peak end, end stage Vince McMahon booking all over these shows. WWE Raw was a disaster on Monday. They killed Nikki Cross dead one week after she won the title. <laughs> it's really like, it's, it's amazing. They like, we had discussed how there was probably not very little. There was probably very little chance of them doing a good job with her or giving her a push. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, Gave her the opposite of a push. <laughs> they pushed her under a bus and completely buried her one week into her uh, into her title reign. It's really impressive. Yeah, it was. It was just like everything from I forget who it was who mentioned it on Twitter, but she opens the show, does her promo, and yes, it the super the the superhero stuff when she pointed it out got booed, but people like Nikki. And they're happy to see her win the belt. Uh, but as her promo ended and Corey Graves said, I didn't understand what she just said. And you just know that was a line fed to him. Yep. From the old man. And from and it was just downhill from there. She lost to Charlotte. And then she got beat up by Charlotte <laughs> after losing to her. And then challenged her to a rematch said hey get back here and kick my ass some more um (laughs) it was it was bad and it was the only thing you could sort of the only conclusion you could come to if it was any other promotion was this person's on their way out and we're trying to make (laughs) them look like the biggest loser geek possible but i don't think that's what they're trying to do i think they're just the old man's brain is made of soup and he's just that's that's what they think gets heroes over in 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 pro wrestling now that's why would they think that uh because like you because dwayne johnson and daniel bryan and guys like that could lose all the time and do a lot of comedy and goofy stuff and still be over and so that trained them to think that uh, that's how you get a baby face over and not that like those guys were very special exceptions. Becky Lynch, another one uh, that not that those, those people are very special exceptions to that rule. And, and that actually they, they shouldn't do that probably ever again. <laughs> they net, they think they should do that all the time for everyone. It really is the damnedest thing when you think about, okay, Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch they always talk about how they want, you know, they're one of their catchphrases is um, this connection with the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's like two examples of that actually are Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch, who just have this way of connecting with people. <laughs> it's like they have a unique charisma mm-hmm. that, that enabled them to overcome WWE. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, once Becky got to the top spot, they booked her like a top person. They never booked Daniel Bryan like a top person, even when he was very briefly the top guy there. 
They booked mm-hmm. him for like a top person for one night <laughs> at, at, at WrestleMania 30. And Dwayne Johnson is, you know, arguably the biggest star in the history of the business. He's not the biggest wrestling star, but he's the biggest star that's ever been associated with wrestling. And uh, could, yes. Anyway, we all know that this is bad. <laughs> These are, <laughs> this is bad booking, but it's just like, of those three examples, Becky won't, Becky's the only one they didn't book like total garbage. Yeah, and and well, it was also interesting because the end of this opening segment is is they announce there's going to be a triple threat at <laughs> SummerSlam, right? And then they do this match, which I guess is just what they call non-title matches now. They call them contenders matches now. It's always um, nice when a new Vince phrase, it's Vince great, pops up. I love it. Love to see it. Um, but so they do this match. They've already set up that Charlotte's getting the rematch. It's not like, you know, it's going to be Nikki versus Rhea at SummerSlam and Charlotte has to win to get into the match, which would still be dumb because it's fake and you can do whatever you want. But then at least you'd be like, all right, well, they have some weird logic of of wanting wanting Charlotte to earn the spot in the match or whatever. Um, but no, it's like they already announced what the match was. And that Rhea's in the match too, so I don't, I don't understand why, why we. How about Nikki beats another woman on the show, and then Charlotte. And if you want to give Charlotte a win, she could beat a woman on the show. You could have two women's matches, and you could book not only the champion but her challengers uh, uh, strong without them all having to beat each other. That's and, just just throwing that out there. And it would kill time, right? <laughs> You got three hours to fill. (laughs) You can find time for three eight-minute matches, you know? Or if you want to do WWE style, do three five-minute matches. Who cares? Right. (laughs) Do them right in a row. (laughs) Fill fill the entire 10 o'clock hour. Like, what are we doing here? It's really dumb. Uh, Speaking of really dumb, I mean, they've already sold 40,000 tickets for SummerSlam, so... It really doesn't matter what headlines that show, but we'd assumed that it was John Cena and Roman Reigns. Not sure what's going on there because Finn Balor challenged Roman Reigns for the main event of SummerSlam on last week's SmackDown. I guess we'll find out later today what's going on there. But uh, Balor and Reigns was (laughs) announced as the main event of SummerSlam on last week's SmackDown. Is this a swerve? Because Cena's like back doing house shows and dark matches and stuff. So it's not a John can't take bumps situation, I don't think. Right. That's why it's it's very strange. Like my initial thought was maybe they're gonna do Finn versus Roman on TV. And then you know, Cena will get and then Cena will get involved. Maybe they'll maybe they won't even pin Finn. Maybe it'll be a DQ or something. And and Cena will Cena will Cena and Roman will still get the match at SummerSlam, but then you kind of have Balor there to lose to Roman in the September show once Cena's back uh, back on a movie set. Or you put him in the match, and you can take all the bumps since John and Roman <laughs> aren't really big into taking bumps anymore. John John and Roman can do their monologues, <laughs> and in between, uh, Finn can do a little flip or two, and and then take a bump. Take the bumps, take the finish. He's just, he's total pre NXT demotion Finn again, except with a different uh, Titan Tron. 
he has a leather jacket now. <laughs> well, I guess he had the jacket before, but he. But uh, yeah, like what's they call like, him what, the prince? What's <laughs> different this time? What, what's going to be different this time? That's my question. <laughs> Just like they brought it back in the exact same spot. I mean, I guess maybe if he's getting a shot at the top guy, it's a little different. But like clearly, nothing is going to happen other than he's turned forty now. Yeah, no, I think it was it was. Uh... <laughs> I guess he saw the writing on the wall in NXT and said, I'm, I'm ready to go back to wrestle in front of real crowds now. And yeah, he's, he's, he's just like, I thought, I thought when they put him in the feud with Sami Zayn, I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. This is about where I would expect Finn Balor to be slotted in, in main roster WWE. But then they, I mean, they put him in there with Finn, uh, with Roman. So yeah, I think, I think maybe you get one pay-per-view match out of it. And then we're back to, uh, you know, smiling guy who loses a lot. <laughs> well, happy birthday to Finn. <laughs> happy 40th. I hope he's happy the rest of his life there. I've seen his wife. I think he's pretty happy. He's a wife guy now. Yes. That's, that's how you knew he was turning heel in, in NXT. He became a wife guy right before he went there. Sure. Uh, Reginald is the 24-7 champion in WWE. The reigning defending. That's right. I just he they they gave him the Sin Cara trampoline for his entrance, which I love. And uh, and then he he did a he did a nice little flip out of the ring after after he defeated our truth. I like I like that the twenty four seven. I guess the hardcore title was like this originally too. But it's like it's twenty four seven rules. Anyone can win at any time. But also sometimes we just have one on one wrestling matches for the for the belt too. Yes, it's very dumb. But the main star of WWE, the protagonist of WWE, rides on. Yes, I was concerned when they broke him up with Shayna and Nia that Vince had lost interest. Well, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you're you're worried. I mean, he was the star of the women's division for the last six months, and you just <laughs> we've talked about it. Vince loses interest in the women's division when there isn't a star he's interested in uh, involved. So I was I was concerned both for for Nia and Shayna and for Reginald. Yes, but, uh, at least Reginald's going to be okay. Yes, that's good. Um, buh, buh, buh. AEW. AEW had a hot show this week. Big viewership again. Over a million viewers again. Like top five viewership in their history. Nick Gage and Chris Jericho main evented in a death match. And Domino's Pizza got mad because Nick Gage used a pizza cutter on Chris Jericho's head. And then they immediately cut to a Domino's Pizza commercial. <laughs> which apparently was not synergy. It was not planned. But aside from that, a lot of CM Punk hints on that show from Darby Allen, basically calling out the so-called best in the world to MJF using word-for-word verbiage from CM Punk's uh, pipe bomb promo to them announcing a first quote-unquote first dance uh, rampage show at the United Center in Chicago on Friday, August 20th. If they're not bringing in CM Punk at this point, they are trolling to a, an impressive degree. And there's no upside to trolling to that degree. So I'm assuming CM Punk is coming in at this point. I was going to say, when you get to the point where like you're answering questions, like I think Tony was in like a TK was in like a, 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 a it was New York Post or someone asked him. He's like, yeah, I can't comment on that. And I was like, well, if, if you're not outright saying no, 
you'd better have that dude signed because fans are now buying shows because they think he's going to be on them. Um, which sure. again, and you can, you have the deniability of saying, I never said that we never advertised him, but yeah, I would think, and yes, they announced that the ramp, the, the rampage from the uh, United center and they, and they immediately cut to the crowd and did close-ups of people chanting for CM Punk yep. and then cut to the, the aforementioned Darby promo where he said he was going to, he wanted to confront anyone, especially anyone who claimed to be the best in the world. So, yes. I mean, it would be, a, I mean, at least now they're doing four shows in Chicago over like a two week period now. So they got, they got that Friday and then the next week they have Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, right? Yes. Okay. So you could, as a swerve on the first one, bring out, say, Brian Danielson uh, on, the, on that show. And then, but also that shows the one being run in the larger arena. Yes. So that they really are telling you without telling you by this, by this show. It's a show at, that's going to be live at 10 p.m. at night on a Friday night in a very big arena. So you better have something. And I don't think anyone would boo if the surprise was Brian Danielson, but people aren't like going to try to book a last minute flight to Chicago for that. You know, like they're doing it because they think, because you basically told them that punk's going to be on that show. Right. Yep. Interesting. So we've heard punk is the punk rather we've heard brian is our thrash we've heard punk is chicago so very quickly there's a lot of things happening there <laughs> yeah and very interesting to see how this is all gonna fly into place and whether or not one of uh, i guess it would be punk's debut is a reason for why other things are happening on this show like hangman page getting the lights cut out from under him and losing to kenny omega bro <laughs> the one wing angel that's that's some galaxy brain booking i i don't i don't i just didn't get it and again it's sometimes you don't realize that the right time is the right time until it's too late like I've been, I compared it. Uh, I was talking to somebody on Twitter. I mentioned uh, the Johnny Gargano match. He had a match with Andrade uh, in Philadelphia, which was, it was like a knockdown drag out match. It was great. Uh, I think it was when uh, Aunt Candace first debuted. And like okay. she, she took out Zelina, crowd so on fire for Johnny. It was after he had lost like 10 times. He's finally worked his way back to the title. And then he lost. And I have always felt like that was the zenith of Gargano as a babyface in NXT. And they never got back to that level with him after he lost that match. And that is kind of what it felt like to me with Hangman last night. Uh, if you feel that Kenny Omega versus CM Punk is the biggest match you can put on and you want the belt in the line, Kenny can win that belt back from Hangman a month later. Hell, do it the Wednesday after if you want to. Right. Right now, for the story they were telling and the way the crowd was reacting, Hangman needed to win on Wednesday, then go to that pay-per-view and win the belt. And whatever you do after that, you can figure it out. You can figure it out. 
But on that night and on this past Wednesday night, like that feels like we, we are at the Zenith. We're doing everything right. But now we've, we've come up with some creative wacky idea to stretch this out and the end result will be less, will be a less satisfying payoff than it would have been if he just went in there, beat the bucks, beat Kenny, and then went to the pay-per-view and won the belt. Yeah, it was pretty baffling. It felt feels very much like okay, somebody else is getting the top the top guy match now against Omega. It's like okay, so you're just you're not gonna tell this you're not gonna finish telling this two year long story you've been telling. All right. <laughs> very strange. Yeah, and like and I I saw someone compare it to the Naito, like Naito losing to Okada in the Tokyo Dome. It's like I don't even think you compare it to that because at least he got the match. Yes, and he lost, and then they built <laughs> back to it two years later for him to finally get the win. Wow. Like I don't, I don't think you can even compare it to like the Naito booking or any other like long term like underdog babyface booking because it's like no, this was the time, this was the peak, and you, again, you can argue that they they missed the peak with Naito. You can argue that they missed the peak with Gargano, but both of those guys did end up eventually getting the belt. Right now, I don't if. If he does, if he's not even getting the match now, and we don't know that for sure, but they were talking about how Christian's in line for a shot, so I'm <laughs> guessing they're going to do that on TV, maybe on one of these Rampage shows. Um, but if the idea was, well, we had to knock Hangman Page down because Kenny was going to defend the belt on TV once, that's dumb. And if the idea was, well, we have a bigger star coming in to wrestle Kenny now, I still think you should hold off on that because that match will still be a big match at your November pay-per-view or, or your February pay-per-view or however long you, you hold it off for, like right. it'll still be a big deal whenever you get to a punk versus Omega match. So I, I don't understand one. It just, like I said, it just felt like this was the Zenith. It felt like we were at the tipping point and they were doing everything right. And then uh, we got to tell some stories. Yeah. Speaking of storytelling, Jim Ross told the story in that opener that <laughs> Hangman Page has just pinned the AEW World Champion, and then Don Callis, who was there in his shorts, <laughs> said sure. like, "He did not, you idiot! What are you watching?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Don, put some shorts on. I think is or put some pants on is also what uh, <laughs> a certain person may have said to him at some point when he was working at Impact. Hmm. Um, allegedly allegedly mm. of course just mm. <laughs> a bit of humor anyway yes uh jim ross is uh, the world's worst commentator as as matt jackson eloquently put it and he uh he was dreadful in that opener he kept complaining about how there needs to be a second ref out here there's there's just there's just chaos here. <laughs> like people are having too much fun the crowd's going too wild. We need to calm the crowd down. We need to, we need to stop cheering so loudly. We need a second referee out here. I was like, shut up. You're and, a fan of officiating. Uh, <laughs> punch my TV. I would pay, I think I'm up to like, I would, I'm up to like $5 a week. I would pay $5 a week to watch that show without, without Jim Ross on commentary. Like, Tony's there and he doesn't really add anything other than enthusiasm, but he doesn't really take, he definitely doesn't take away from the product at all. Right. Uh, that's Tony Schiavone's role as the third man of the booth there. 
uh, Excalibur is trying to read promos because he's working with a couple of senior citizens and he has to do everything. So he's trying to read promos and plugs for the, the, the shop and plugs for the charity and plugs for dark and also call all the action. And <laughs> like, I was not the biggest Excalibur fan when AEW began. I think he's very good now. And uh, I think he's in a pretty impossible situation, but that that booth would be so much better with Taz in it. <laughs> no kidding, man. Like Taz, yeah. anybody? I mean, really? They have, right? They have Taz. They have Paul White. Mark Henry's going to be doing commentary. Like they have so many people that could just be. If you just desperately need a third voice that is also a famous person <laughs> from 1999 WWF, right? There's a lot of options there. And Jericho and Nick, and Nick Gage. I thought that match was a piece of crap. Uh, obviously, it was kind of designed to be a piece of crap. But it's all fun and games until some snitch like uh, Chris Cruz or somebody calls Domino's Pizza <laughs> headquarters. Remember he called the, athletic, the Maryland State Athletic Commission on AEW and said, hey, people yes. bled on this show. I yeah. bet he called Domino's Pizza uh, this week. And was like, hey, uh, you advertise on a show where somebody used a pizza cutter as a weapon. So anyway, it's all fun and games until uh, advertisers start getting angry at the content of your program. And then you have to stop doing what you're doing. And we might have that after this week's uh, Chris Jericho, Nick Gage pizza cutter main event. Yeah, I mean, they've they've flown quite close to the sun the last few weeks, especially with there was men being stabbed with forks on last week's show and then yep. and barbed wire and tables, which they've done thumbtacks and stuff like that. That seems to be, I guess that wasn't a scandal when, when that happened, even, even when women did it. Sure. But, uh, but yes, I think literally taking a pizza cutter and getting a close up of, uh, of old man Jericho's forehead as, as uh, he ran the, the blade across it. Like, yeah, that's, that's going to get some attention. And as, as you mentioned, the, the, the accidental corporate synergy of it leading right into a Domino's pizza ad uh, was just, was just, it was amazing television at, at the time, but uh, yeah, not that's, that's the kind of stuff that, Oh, you pushed it a little too far. And now we have to cut way back on this stuff. And that could, and again, we'll see, maybe, maybe they can smooth it over, but maybe it's, you know, maybe we don't get, hardcore stuff on regular television anymore. I think that happened to TNA too when they were on spike. I think they had to cut. I, well, well, their stuff was generally them complaining that they couldn't show men hitting women. I think that was where spike <laughs> drew, drew, drew the line. So not the same thing exactly, but uh, there was, they would start advertising stuff as well. We can't show you this on spike TV. So you'll have to, you'll have to buy the pay-per-view to see this. <laughs> Ay, 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 ay. Hey, Jericho's wrestling moving to Guerrero on next week's <laughs> next week's show. That's that's a an amazing like pull. That's not one I would have seen coming. I I know people were talking about the idea of him wrestling like somebody from his past, but I feel like the name everyone kept bringing up was like Lance Storm, right? Um, and so yeah, I would not have expected Hoovy to be the the guy to get the call and. Gosh, and you you might think that it's uh that it's like well that's kind of a step down in like the the danger department after wrestling Nick Gage, but I'll remind you that 
Juventud Guerrero was once on PCP and like fought off half of the Australian military by himself. So, <laughs> so I mean, depending on which Juve shows up, it could be uh, even more dangerous for Chris next week. I always remember that story when when Juve comes up is the story of him getting super high on a WCW tour of Australia and <laughs> fighting a bunch of police or whatever the deal was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi appeared via video promo in this week's AEW Dynamite. Sure seems like they're doing Moxley and Tanahashi at an AEW pay-per-view, perhaps, in August. Tanahashi's coming over to wrestle Lance Archer for the U.S. title. Gosh, if Tanahashi does a job for Lance Archer on the New Japan Los Angeles show, I might... (laughs) I don't know what I might do, but... (laughs) Tanahashi's like one of the five best wrestlers in the world still and should not be jobbing to Lance Archer under any circumstances. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> My gosh, though. But uh, New Japan ran the Tokyo Dome this past weekend in front of... They announced... They said First, they said 6,500 on the broadcast. Then there was an LA Times article that said like 5,700 or something. I'm skeptical of both of those numbers. It was a very small attendance at the Tokyo Dome. They could only sell a limited number of tickets. So some of that is just the audience or some of it's just the uh, the pandemic rather. But some of it is also they don't understand the basic law of supply and demand. And they're like, here, have <laughs> here, have more product. And I'm like, well, I don't want any more product. And they're like, no, here, more product. And they've just continued with that because after Sunday's show at the Tokyo Dome, they had a show on Tuesday, and then they have a show Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. And they pretty much, they have like uh, 13 shows in August. In August. So um, they just are just, they're running shows. And Shingo Takagi is wrestling evil again. Again, evil's, evil's back in main events. It doesn't seem very inspired, like very inspired booking, but I guess we don't know what when Kota Ibushi will be back. Um, there's a million other guys you could go with. I mean, you could not have Naito or Sonata, and uh, well, I guess you can't wrestle a guy in your own. Well, I mean, you could tell the story of well, wrestling a guy in your own faction, but yeah, I think Shingo has said he wants that he wants Naito in the Tokyo Dome, so you. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but like, so maybe they want to hold off on that, but there's still Sonata or, you know, literally anyone else besides evil. My man Taichi could get a shot. I mean, yes, <laughs> they have, they have six guys in a, in a, they haven't, Hey, they haven't beaten Hiroki Goto in a while. Yeah. Like, I mean, he lost to like Taiji Ishimori like in the last six weeks or something, <laughs> but. You know, it could be. There's Ishii. There's, I mean, give. I mean, is Kenta that much lower on the tent? The the totem pole than they just had Kenta lose to Tanahashi and Ishii lose to Evil. So they made the distinct decision to have Tanahashi and Evil be the next two guys. So Tanahashi beat Kenta. Tanahashi got the shot filling in for Ibushi. Evil beat Ishii, so that's one I would, you know, Shingo and Ishii could have a good match in their sleep. Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I don't get the the feeling 
also like and i I understand they're they're very careful of who they let beat okada but i mean jeff cobb's a guy who you're building up like if you have him beat okada he could theoretically challenge shingo on one of these b shows like is that that much worse of a main event than than uh and again even if you don't want him to have beat okada just have him do what they always do which is just have him like his team beat Shingo's team in a six man or whatever on one of these shows that eight people go to. Well, the way they got to evil is just like evil won one singles match. And then he came out and attacked the champion and said, I'm next. And so you could do that with anybody. You could have anybody win one singles match and run out and run out and declare themselves the next challenger. Like it, I, I, some of it is just, I'm tired of evil and every (laughs) patterned bullet club match there being the exact same way and it used to be you know the ref bumps and the run-ins and all that stuff they would at least save it mm-hmm. for the bigger you know bullet club matches and it's not just literally every bullet club match there's ref bumps and the cavalry runs in so yeah like there was a time there when it was you know when jay white was still in the country where like Gato would get involved in a lot of the matches and there would be interference and cheating and whatever, but it wasn't the whole crew didn't run down. There wasn't always the ref bump and all that. Also, you know, I like evil just fine as a professional wrestler, but Jay White is one of the, you know, one of the 10 best guys in the whole world. And so you forgive more of the annoying side stuff. If the main, if the main course is good, you know, and They've also taken away everything that evil has does well as a professional wrestler, which is like his agility in short bursts. And mm-hmm. he's really more of a tag wrestler in that the more you see of him in the ring, the more you see the holes in his game. Whereas mm-hmm. if you see him for 90 seconds at a time, you're super impressed by him, but also they don't let him do anything that he, because he's booked as this uh, weasel now, with a you know the manager who runs in and because of all the bullet club stuff they book around him he's not allowed to do what he's good at anymore and he wrestles like generic bullet club heel number 14 which doesn't help yeah yeah so yeah you know it's more more of the same like overall the, the shingo and tanahashi match i loved uh i even liked the the three and a half hour long tag match between naito and sonata and and uh, and my man Taichi and and Zack Saber Jr. But it's like you look at the net and it's like and then there's another show tomorrow and it's the same guys wrestling each other in a four and an eight man or a six man or a ten man or oh this is a ten man elimination on this one and you're just like all right well I guess I'll check back in in another month. Yep, so another dome, two dome shows coming up at the first week of September. And until then, just a lot of matches, a lot of tag matches. <laughs> and uh, Yoda Suji and Yuya Oimura's farewell matches coming up this weekend. Wait, so they're something. going on excursion. Except um, excursion now pretty much means going to Los Angeles, I think. <laughs> well, speaking of back to the, the Tanahashi thing, of him going to America to wrestle Lance Archer on the New Japan <laughs> Strong Show yes. and then presumably staying in America for another couple of weeks to wrestle uh, Moxley at, right. at All Out. If, right. Let's just assume that's the case. Right. Like, 
are is that all of that time plus when he goes back he still has to quarantine for two weeks i think the rules are yes you still have to come back and you have to stay in a hotel for two weeks yes even if i don't i don't know if he is vaccinated or not i know i saw some wrestlers in japan were talking about it this week but like even I don't I don't know if it's different if he's vaccinated, but I was like, that's a lot of time. One for him to be in America. Like both Kojima and Nagata were in for like they did, you know, they did like you know, Nagata did like one set of strong tapings and the AEW match and then was back. Right. And then it's like, so he's gonna be here for like a month and then have to go back and wait another two weeks to get back back to work. Like that's a lot of shows to not have one of your biggest stars ever when you're already really shorthanded. Yeah. He would have to miss, he would have to miss their, their two dome shows the first week of September. That's uh, fascinating. If, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I mean, everything he would miss doing the Los Angeles show and uh, the AEW show would just be, you know, random they're in Kirk and hall all month they're going to draw 200 people all month right <laughs> regardless of who's on the shows that's kind of their baseline mm-hmm. uh so it's not a big deal that he's going to miss the you know summer struggle night 57 <laughs> but he will he would have to miss the first uh the two dome shows the first week of september so yeah that is that is interesting all right, we've covered a lot. I have to go write an article about Domino's Pizza being mad at AEW. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to discuss? No, I think we can we can wrap it up there. We we've covered a lot of ground, and we didn't end by talking about death this week, so I think that's uh, positive. <laughs> good good times. I don't remember that happening. Does that happen? I think we we talked about how pneumonia can be very oh scary yeah because and... Coda has yeah yeah I. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Ryu Mizunami has pneumonia Aww. or has she's hospitalized with COVID and then they think she has pneumonia on top of it. So she uh, she won the uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm determined to end on a sour note. She yeah. won the uh, AEW Women's World Title Eliminator and wrestled her car as she on pay-per-view earlier this year and then did uh, some dark ma- some matches on AEW Dark and stuff. She did one match on Dynamite after but yeah, she's hospitalized right now in Japan. So That's yeah. Awful. yeah. Yeah. I saw that Yuka Sakazaki is going back to Japan. So great, <laughs> great usage of her to uh, TK. And, uh, and that Emi Sakura uh, said she is taking a one way trip to America to uh, wrestle for AEW. So I guess she'll be in for maybe a little bit longer term. And, and Jim Ross will just be d- disgusted. Oh, hate it. <laughs> be disgusted by her which i mean anything jim ross hates i'm generally in favor of so that move i'm 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 a fan of even if even if she isn't a great even if she wasn't a great wrestler i'd still be in favor of it because it would make (laughs) jim ross upset yes good times all right uh, until next time everybody i'm ethan i'm liam we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life adios Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Yes, Jim clearly doesn't get the Freddie Mercury thing. No, (laughs) hates it.
It's anytime anybody's having fun. Wasting a lot of time here. Yeah, it's a it's a live performance show, Jim. They're playing to the crowd. <laughs> you got a plane to catch, old man? Like what? <laughs> uh, just uh, I mean, I just I... switch out his monitor and he should be calling like Frank Gotch matches. <laughs> And it's not like he would be adding any more or less than he adds on a normal week anyway. Right. Just like, there's, a, yes. there's a hole right there. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking. And it's just, <laughs> just like whatever's happening. doesn't matter. He's watching the Gotch Hack and Schmidt two-hour draw <laughs> while Excalibur and Tony called Dynamite. I guess it happens with baseball announcers, like constantly burying analytics because they don't understand. That's just a catch-all phrase for... yeah. It's whatever they don't understand about analyzing baseball in 2021. But yes. I guess baseball announcers do kind of constantly bury baseball, but it's like the NFL announcers don't like constantly bury the NFL <laughs> NBA announcers. It's like, I think some of the studio guys like Shaq and Barkley kind of bury. <laughs> There's some of that. They bury analytics mm. thing too. It's just, just why would you do not generally have commentators selling your product? who constantly are burying your product. <laughs> why would you, why would you want Jim Ross on your television burying you every week? Yeah. And it's right. And it is also one thing to attack like analytics with yes, The league is touting and, you know, is a valuable statistic that they're, they're touting and you don't want guys going on TV and saying, Hey, all these experts that we pay money to on our network are worthless. Right. But it's also not quite the same as if, if like Jim Palmer is on the Orioles broadcast, just being like, man, what a piece of garbage Anthony Santander is. He's not taking this <laughs> seriously at all. Like, like, I really don't know what he's doing out there. Like, right. Like, like it's like, well, that's like, that's an entirely other level. And you hear about that every once in a while where like, I think it was somebody for like Boston's like Eckersley or somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like got got heat with with a bunch of the pitchers because he was like critiquing their critiquing something about their game and yeah like, when, when david price was there he almost fought david price on a plane or something yes because he said something so i guess it does happen occasionally but it doesn't seem to happen at the same level or frequency as jr just every two minutes finding something else that he just hates about this show he was burying the refs this week Did you hear that? that was his thing it's like the referees are out of control or the referees have lost control excalibur said and jared's like oh hell that never happens yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. also that thing where he has that that sort of uh like dismissive like arrogance but then he makes a mistake and like don jumps all over him and he's like oh hey well what are we well relax everybody like right. it's such a it's a oh, oh jr made another mistake it's like <laughs> Yeah, man, you make a lot of them. <laughs> also, right. you're not good when you aren't making mistakes, which kind of makes it worse. Yes. I try to keep on keeping on. 